1: Asian markets are trading higher this morning following a move by the U.S. Federal Reserve to keep short-term interest rates near zero. Tokyo is up nearly one and a half percent. Seoul is not far behind. Sydney has fallen into the red, though, down more than a quarter percent. Joining me now for a closer look at the Fed meeting and to break down all the market action, I'm Michelle Martin and he is Ryan Huang. Good morning, Ryan. Morning, Michelle. So markets have been waiting anxiously and we now know that the U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell and his colleagues over at the Fed are thinking, is inflation a threat? No, it's not. Not now. So will the U.S. economy grow significantly this year? Yes, more than we are expecting. So Powell had a tough line to walk, right, Ryan? He had to reassure markets that U.S. economic growth will be strong, but not so strong as to require higher interest rates. So how did he do it? How did he walk the line?
0: Yeah, so this was pretty much going to the script that we were all looking out for. No rate changes, but a bit of upwards revision in terms of the forecast. So what we have is, according to a couple of things, you've got the GDP outlook upgrade now coming in for this year at 6.5%. Remember, the last forecast was three months ago in December. So a lot has Happened. You've got two rounds of stimulus being passed in Congress. You also have the vaccine deployments to factor in. So that is lifting the projections for the Fed. So you've got now 6.5% for 2021. And looking at the dot plot, you do have more members thinking about raising rates sooner rather than later. But all in, generally, we are not expecting any rate changes until after 2023. So if you look at the Tilt of the composition of what some of the members are thinking, though, you are seeing a few more members looking for more rate hikes or a rate hike in 2022. So previously, just one of them thought it was okay to have Mm -hmm. one next year, Mm -hmm. but now you have four of them. And in 2023, previously, only five thought it's time for a rate hike. Now you have seven. So there is a slight move in the needle in terms of expectations, but this is still a small part of the wider FOMC committee which has 18 members. So most of them think it's not time yet to move rates. And inflation, you've got it now coming in for 2.2% for this year. So pretty much reflecting the base effects from last year which showed um, rather soft numbers. So all in, you do have some sense that it will be a better year but this may not be sustainable. So what Jerome Powell is saying despite the outlook, the optimism, the expectations, he wants to see actual data first. He wants it to happen first before he moves his policies. So he wants the actual data to reinforce or support his decisions, not the optimism, not the things that might happen. And of course, a lot of things can happen down the road. So that is a bit of caution that he wants the momentum to be sustained before he thinks about moving his rates because a lot of people in America are still out of job. 10 million people still trying to find employment.
1: Yes, indeed. So that evidence-based approach or the emphasis on data uh, that Powell seemed to stress that expectations or concerns about inflation not enough that the Fed will actually have to measure inflation that exceeds 2% and do so for some time before it stems the current easy money policy. That stood out for me. Um intentionally sort of setting the Fed. It's its a model that intentionally sets the Fed behind the markets' moves, doesn't it?
0: It does. So you saw markets rallying overnight. So it was pretty much good news. No rate hikes for... Pretty much the same story they've been saying for quite some time. He's not thinking about, thinking about raising rates yet until he gets the data. So that was good news for stock markets which was pretty much buying across the board. It was not just value stocks but tech stocks as well. So we saw new highs for both the Dow and S&P 500 and going by the opening numbers for Asia, we are seeing Asian markets taking the cue from Wall Street as well. So, It is looking green so far on the screen.
1: Yeah, looks like U.S. stocks did an about-face after Powell spoke. The gains in the U.S. pretty much across the board. The S&P 500, the Dow both rose to fresh record highs. The Nasdaq and Russell 2000 index of smaller companies finished higher as well. Even gold and Bitcoin finished up. If we look a little closer at the Dow, it closed above 31,000. Now, this is the fastest 1,000-point move in the Dow's history. So, which companies led the
0: Yeah, you've got the usual suspects. So you've got the pandemic winners or the value cyclical stocks among those. So industrials were among those that did really well. And what's worth noting as well is it just took five days. So this is the fastest on record. And it's also worth noting when the index gets higher, it's easier to cross a thousand points because a thousand points when it's right now where it is right now is just around 3% 3% from the the previous 1,000 point milestone. But when it was under 10,000, that 1,000 point move would have been around 10%. So the higher it goes, the faster or the likelihood that it will cross 1,000 points becomes higher. So that is I guess a bit of discount when you look at all these milestones um, and you have to look at the percentage numbers as well and of course you talked about some of the top movers as well, so that is wa- worth watching as well. So that is in the form of, actually, interestingly enough, Mm. Boeing. One of those airline stocks that were struggling amidst the pandemic. And a few usual suspects, McDonald's, Nike, Apple, all of them benefiting from the stay-at-home trend. So it
1: will be interesting to see if this is going to be sustained for the rest of the year. It took, as you say, just five days for the Dow to rise from 32 to 33,000, a gain of about 3%, not quite as significant as, say, when the Dow rose from 10,000 to 11,000. That was back in the day. That would have been a gain of 10%. All right. Matt's over. Thank goodness. We'll still take the thousand point gain any day. Let's bring the conversation back to Asia, where Chinese search giant Baidu has raised more than three billion US dollars from a secondary listing in Hong Kong. The deal is just one of many taking place in the Hong Kong exchange these days. In fact, the IPO and the SPAC markets are so hot that many bankers there are working around the clock. Ryan, tell us more. Yeah, you do have a couple of hardworking bankers trying to make
0: more money while the sun is shining and... That is pretty much what's going on right now. There is a confluence of factors really making it a conducive time to go for an IPO, for specs to really search. There's so much money sloshing around. It's a low interest rate environment. So a lot of liquidity being, well, quite abundant. So a lot of intern companies and issuers trying to take advantage of this liquidity while it's there. So they have been pushing for IPOs. And you now have also, to a certain extent, the digital trend happening. So roadshows now are not physical. It's more digital. So it's easier to actually do roadshows now and do it at all hours of the day so you can catch more time zones. So you have bankers working around the clock just to push the needle on this um, IPO. And you also have a couple of things pushing the appetite, the demand. Mm -hmm. And that is around how technology stocks are still in favour. After what happened with the pandemic, you've got a lot of stay-at-home winners from the tech sector. So people still thinking, hey, I want to jump on bandwagon and not miss out. You also have the threat of U.S. delistings with what's going on between the U.S. and China, that proxy war in the capital markets. So that threat is sending a lot of Chinese companies to Hong Kong as a secondary listing. And you mentioned Baidu, they are raising over $3 billion. Another big name to watch out for is video streaming platform, Bilibili. So they are also raising over $3 billion as well. So, a lot of big names. And of course, the usual suspects in the health sector mm. is the one of the busiest mm. with what's happening with COVID-19. So, if you look at what Goldman Sachs is lining up, they have at least 20 IPOs in the pipeline between the range of $300 million to $1 billion. And Citigroup also working on a couple of IPOs. They've got eight Chinese healthcare mandates. And this is going to be a very busy year for IPOs.
1: Yeah, that's why those bankers are working around the clock. Facts surging as well. Uh, There are a bunch of companies in the news this morning. I want to cover this all game show style. It's one of our favorite segments. It's called Up or Down. So I name an asset in the news. Ryan tells us whether he thinks it's moving up or down are you ready let's go okay the first entry is actually two retailers Amazon and Walmart so Ryan tell us which company is up and which is down
0: I would go with Amazon up and down for Walmart because Amazon's sales are estimated to have grown roughly 15% in 2020 to more than $41 billion so that means it has overtaken Walmart as the number one apparel retailer so that is a big milestone
1: I haven't bought anything, you know, apparel-wise on Amazon at all, actually. Where do you normally go? Uh, Brick and mortar, Ryan. Oh, brick and mortar (laughs) shopper.
0: So they are still struggling to (laughs) capture you.
1: Yeah. Amazon up, I would agree with you. Walmart down. Walmart shares are also down, by the way, down 10% over the past month. Next, Apple. Okay, Apple would be an up for me because they are lining up a new
0: iPad to be launched as early as April. So this is off the back of the work-from-home trend where people are trying to use more laptops and Mm. maybe more iPads. So they are refreshing the iPad Pro line.
1: That's a high-end iPad. I know you're thinking, do I really need another screen? Apple could release new high-end iPads as early as next month. They are expected to have better cameras, faster processors, and a new type of display. Next up, Ascendus Reit.
0: Okay, Centres Reed is going shopping and they are buying 11 data centres in Europe for over $900 million. So this will be an up for me because data centres are the big place right now to capitalise on what's going on. Everyone working from home, there's pretty much more digital activity to work off. So that means more demand for data centres and so that means the risk exposure to data centres. Now at around 10% of its total portfolio from 4%. So it's going up in terms of exposure to this new market or this growing market.
1: Yeah, Sender's making a big bet on data centres to the tune of $900 million. Jardine Cycling Carriage?
0: Okay, J C N C also going shopping. To some extent, it is making an unconditional voluntary buy offer of bursa listed cycle and carriage bintang. So this is a Mercedes-Benz dealer in Mm. Malaysia with a network of 12 outlets. So that is an up for me because this would mean more synergies and in a way, maybe more economies of scale.
1: Yeah, it does look like... It would be an up for me as well. Looks like Jardine Cycling Carriage is looking to expand for sure. Uh, A local company called Pat Snap...
0: Okay, so PetSnap would be an up for me because it's the latest to join the Unicorn Club. And that is after raising $300 million in the latest funding round led by SoftBank Vision Fund 2 and Tencent Investment. So what is PetSnap? Mm. It is an well, intellectual property platform. So I guess it is short for Patent Snap. So it helps people figure out what patents there are. It's a research intelligence platform that gives you a bit of, um, well, it does its homework for you in terms of um, figuring out what investment decisions to make in terms of the innovation and R&D space. So that is where it sees a lot of growth And investors are liking the idea, so it's an up for me.
1: Patents in a snap. They make their money by charging a subscription fee that can range from 20,000, 30,000 to as little as 5,000 US dollars, by the way, a year. Pat Snap, interesting, isn't it? Patents in a snap. Let's check in on local stocks right now. The Straits Times Index finished marginally higher yesterday at 3109. So, how are investors here reacting to the Fed's dovish stance?
0: Yeah, so the STI bucking the trend when the rest of the region mostly was down. And looking at the morning action, it is continuing that momentum um, with a 0.9% gain, 3,135 points. So it is pushing its highest levels in more than a year right now. And if we look at some of the stocks we've been talking about, let's take a quick look at the STI. What's worth noting is there are only two STI members in the red Jardine Saka and Carriage and Capo Corp. And JCNC is down 0.7%. Reading the top of the STI table, Johnny Matheson Holdings up nearly 3.8%. So you are looking at a very buoyant mood across Asia mostly with mm-hmm. the Fed assurance that. There will be no rate hikes at least through 2023.
1: He's Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Thanks for joining us here on Market View.
0: Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at
1: moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.